Once again to another episode of the Speaking of Tangents podcast, the podcast for your ears. This week's episode is one long conversation with our special guest, Rob Berg. You may know him as our fantasy football deep dive expert, but today we're going to go right off the rails immediately and just talk about whatever comes to mind. Things like stories you should never tell as part of a toast at someone's wedding, And we'll talk a whole lot about music as Rob gives his top five albums. So buckle up, because in the immortal words of the philosopher Richard Morgan Flair, Woo! Do we have a guest on the show this week? Answer no or yes, it's a binary thing. Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Answer no or yes. Welcome to another episode of the Speaking of Tangents podcast. We're here today with our very special guest, Mr. Robert Berg. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. <laughs> Hello, Kirsten. Hello, Robert. Way to just crush it right at the beginning. How are, how are you people doing? This uh, is so well. exciting. I had a hard time falling asleep last night. I did really well. I normally go to bed at like 2 a.m. Mountain Time, you know, sometimes 3, but last night laid down... <laughs> At twelve oh eight, then it's I like when I'm getting up bit. in the morning. Right, exactly. And I read for a little bit, and then I went to sleep. But it was, I would say, probably twelve thirty, and then just wow. toss, turn, toss, turn. Couldn't and then wait. For some reason, for some reason, my body started to get really warm. Like it was, it was a wave that was sort of coming over me, Did and so then I had yourself? to turn the ceiling fan up. <laughs> Toss, turn, toss, turn. And then I woke up three times. And What's going on? I don't know. He's excited. He can't wait to be on the show. Well, oh, I, I he's did, got the speaking of tangents, tangents fever. Yes. <laughs> I got the fever. I did some homework while I was thinking, um, if they asked me about my favorite jingles, what, mm-hmm. what am mm-hmm. I going to say? Something, you know, and then my brain started going and then just, yeah, I think that was, that was, wasn't a good strategy on my part. Well, well 12 speaking or, of questions, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say 12 or 12.30 in the morning. I'm deep in, you know, um, vividly colorful dreams by then. What do you REM go sleep. to bed at like 10? My REM is moving. Um, yeah, 10 o'clock. Usually 10, 9.30, 10. I, I, wow. So I mean, that's 8.39 because you're central time, right? Yes. She's central, and, yeah. And you're in mountain now, right, Rob? Yeah. And I'm Eastern, so we're covering three time zones. Yes. And you're also Los Angeles-ish. Yeah, so four, technically. Right. Yeah, four. Yeah. Four time zones in one podcast. It's the first time it's ever happened in the history of the world, I with, guarantee. With three people, you mean? Yes. Well, no, with any number of people. I oh, mean, There's no way in the world that's true. Yes, it has to be. We don't look anything up, so we're going with it. Yeah, because okay. oh, I said I it. Is that how that works? Yeah, that's how that works. Yep. On this Anyways, podcast. so... Um, let's get back to content so the people don't drift. So yes. what, what so, were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So I know, I know what the people are really looking for. And so I'm going to ask that question right up front and just, you know, get rid of all the pleasantries and just say, what are your thoughts on the NFL draft this year? I'm glad you asked about that. So <laughs> it's really complicated because I've been making a lot of trades in my dynasty league. I just traded for Des Bryant, who you're very familiar with. Yes, I am. Um, and I moved some draft picks. And I had to make sure that the players that I was going to get in the mid 
in late third round and the, the late fourth round weren't going to be worth it. Um, and I think they're going to be players like there's a lot of running back talent in this draft, but I don't know that a lot of it's going to translate to a three down back or somebody that has a huge fantasy role really anytime. Like it's like James Connor is a good running back for the Steelers, but he's a good backup to Le'Veon Bell, that kind of player. Um, <clears throat> deep tight end draft. Like I, I think in, in a couple of years, you're going to see a lot of these tight ends becoming top 12 options. So probably tight ends have a, a steep learning curve because they're playing two positions. They're playing line and they're playing receiver. So mm-hmm. they generally don't do well right off the bat. Um, maybe somebody like Evan Ingram will because he's not really going to be blocking a whole lot. So if they go like four wide sets, he might be one of the four wides because Brandon Marshall's now there. Um, and then it's, it's a deep wide receiver group, a lot of number twos, maybe no superstars, but you know, probably a lot of guys that can play don't like the quarterbacks. I don't want to belabor this because I know Kirsten is probably like shooting dirty looks at her microphone right now. Um, but I think that's she a pretty good She stopped paying attention overview. immediately when I said, what are your thoughts on the NFL draft? So don't worry Oh, wait, did might... I hear my name? Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, so this year, the, the, um, just as a reminder, because it's football season now. Um, when is it not football no. season? Wrong. Incorrect. For me, when is it not football baseball season? Baseball and NBA playoffs, and I guess NHL playoffs right now. It's not. That's the season. It's not. Um, I guess NHL. It's. <laughs> oh my god! You could you could actually fool me if you told me that the NHL playoffs are over. I wouldn't. I wouldn't deny it. I mean, I, I couldn't really refute that. So because well, I don't t- really know. They talk about the NBA playoffs being long, but I swear NHL is just as long. Yeah, it's the it's an interminable season too. Yes. I think the NHL is the playoff season is longer because the series tend to go more games. That's true. That's a good point. Because it's just it's almost sure. random. I mean, it's almost just luck. It's certainly more you know down to which team has the hot goalie at whatever point in time. Seems and like to me. Looks and do not matter. Hockey analysis. Looks do not matter. Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, he said the hot goalie. Oh, I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, you know what? Mark Andre Fleury has a great personality, so I'm yeah. very happy for him that he's doing well. <laughs> now, before we go, oh, I think that I um, can we just press. Before we go, is this over? <laughs> no, before, before we, we go. go on, I so think back that to my the jingles. You mentioned jingles before. Back to jingles. Oh, we're not talking about sports. Okay. I did, I didn't mention jingles. What are we talking about? On air. Yes, you did. Yes, did you I did. really? Yeah. You wow. said you were tossing and turning. Oh, you're right. Sleep. Wow. I'm thinking about jingles. Thank God I don't have a podcast. Well, you know, you didn't sleep well last night, so you, you're That's not true. remembering you know what? what you're saying. Great point. I did yeah. not get eight hours. I need. I'm one of those people that probably needs like eight hours and twenty minutes. What do you guys? What's your wow. optimum sleep? Um, I mean, I know that, you know, one of you has kids, so maybe yes. that's not an option, but any like, extra second I can get is optimum. <laughs> okay. So like, te- could you pound out like nine to 10 a night? Oh, absolutely not anymore. I've first off, kids wouldn't let me do it if I'm with them. No, and pretend like, you don't have them. Well, that's impossible. No. Um, you, you, say, say, say like this summer at Jingle Fest, I'll okay. be there without my kids for, right. you know, three or four days, um, and three or four nights in a hotel. 
I will be able to sleep about six and a half hours, seven at the most, just because after 10 years, my bo- or 11 years now, my body has been tuned to into this well-oiled machine of you cannot sleep more than six hours really without waking up because it's just ingrained in me now. Really? So you can't get rid of it. Uh, it would probably take me two or three weeks to well, get to the point get where I could it. oversleep. Okay. <laughs> I need eight hours. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. That's my people right there. But you know what? Jingle Fest is probably not a good example because we are going to party all night long. <laughs> I won't be getting eight all hours. Night, all night. All night. <laughs> what are you going to be doing? All night, all night long. long. All night. Are we going to be dancing on the ceiling too? Oh, yes. God. Well, actually, we might be because if, if we're... <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh, if we nice. end up with oh, a good. that um, was good. I like yeah. the way you said that in there. We could be dancing on each other's <laughs> ceiling, you know, because if we end up with hotel rooms oh, on for adjacent sake, floors I'm, above I, each other, yeah. I could I'm, be like dancing in my room and you could yes. hear it on your ceiling. Excellent point. I'm bringing earplugs. <laughs> Actually, I sleep with earplugs now every night. I, it's really great. Really? I've never thought about doing that. Yeah. I used to have to do that in college. Like, have you ever worn like the sleep mask, like where you pull down over your eyes, like you see like in like sitcoms in the seventies and eighties, and <laughs> I the use wife an always has the curlers and the sleep mask on? No, I use an eye pillow. What is that? What in the world you is lay- an eye pillow? It's you never heard of an eye pillow? It sounds like something for an iPhone, like an uh, app. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, eye an eye pillow is it's eye pillow. Um, Introducing eye pillow. <laughs> Um, how do I describe it? It's like a sleep mask, except it's a little bit heavier, but it does. It's not a mask. It just lays oh, it's on pillows your face. for your eyes. Yeah, I thought you meant like I lowercase i uppercase p illo. No, I wasn't mispronouncing. This is e y e pillow. Okay, it puts a little bit of pressure in your eyes and it relaxes uh, the mm. muscles around there and, and allows you to sleep or fall asleep. I've never heard of this. You've never is heard it of su- an eye pillow. Mm-mm. Is it supposed to help with bags under your eyes? Um, that I don't know. It could theoretically it help because it, it has a relaxation effect. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I guess in the sense that it helps you get more sleep or sleep more soundly. So then it could help, you know, you feel well, more it rested. Only, so therefore you look It only better. stays on my, um, I toss and turn a lot. So it, it only stays on my face probably for an hour after I fall asleep. <laughs> okay. So, so it's just to induce me. It's, it's, it's to induce sleep. Okay. Okay. And then I've the never ear- had any problems sleeping. The earplugs just reduce um, all the noise in the environment so that nothing wakes you from sleep, so that you sleep, mm-hmm. you, you wake naturally in the morning. And under those That's circumstances, brilliant. I can sleep usually for about 8.20. But I, did, I have had days where I pounded out 11 hours when I slept really rotten the day before. So, wow. Yeah, I yeah, can't do are- that. That's, eight hours is pretty much all I can do. Then well, you have up. a job, so. Yeah, but even when I didn't have a job, I could never sleep that long. Okay. What about when you were partying all night in college? Didn't you, like, get catch-up sleep ever? Um, yeah, but I, I don't think it ever went past nine. Oh, okay. Nine uh, if hours. We're talking back, like, college days, I could sleep for 12 hours. I could sleep for, like, a day. Like, oh, oh 16, God. 18 hours, even, at some points. Because I would stay up for three or four days, and then I would sleep for like a day and a half. Holy crap. 
I have a very weird. I mean, and I but I never I've never had any problems sleeping though, so it's been like I can just do whatever. Um, and then I had kids, and all that went out the window. Oh, everything goes out the window with kids, from what I've heard. Yeah, pretty much your life goes out the window. I mean, and it it. And it you get like, you know, a new sort of life and a new kind of purpose in some ways. And, right. You know, a less new, pleasant, but more things. fulfilling well, life. It is. It's uh, having kids is 90 percent suck and 10 percent awesome. And the 10 percent makes up for the 90 percent. It somehow works and it doesn't make any sense, but it does. But it's 90 percent suck. Don't don't even don't, don't question that for a second. So Man. it's sort of like when you're when you're playing Danny Espinoza. And he's hitting 218. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, he's really good defensively. Is he a hockey player? <laughs> Danny Espinoza? He, he played for the, the Nationals. Do you know Baseball? where he plays now, Rob? The Dodgers, maybe? I'm going to say the Twins. No, I think it's the Dodgers. He went Bam. somewhere west. Dodgers or the Giants. I think it, I think it is the Dodgers. Hmm. I only said Twins because you said it like... Like I knew, knew it. Like he played yeah. for your team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's I, baseball. Yeah. yeah. I know less about baseball than I do about the NFL draft. So, which is, you know, getting into Gary math of less than nothing. What do you know about sports? Um, I grew up playing a lot of sports, a lot of different various sports. So I know the fundamentals and the basics and I know a lot about them. I just don't know current players in the last, say, 10 years for baseball um, like last 15 years, probably for hockey. And I just haven't been keeping up with regularly watching it basically since I had kids 11 years ago. Okay. I yeah, I definitely, time, yeah, yeah. I definitely sense a, a hole in your knowledge base. Yes. I know pro- I'll probably watch more basketball now because the games don't last as long as like some of the other sports, like certainly not baseball. And I mean, football games aren't too, too terrible at that either. So I watch football, but the problem is, I mean, only time football games are on basically Sundays and uh, who was what nobody's watching Thursday night. So it's either Monday night or Sunday during the day. And that's Sunday during the day is, you know, afternoon. It's, it's hard when you have kids to watch four, six, eight hours of football. So I'll catch, you know, a quarter here, a quarter there, that kind of situation. Well, remember Phil Sims is out. So, that helps a lot. It's possible Thursdays might be in play, but it's mm. still it's still garbage. So I, I tend to not want to support that product. Yeah, it's. I think it's a bad idea. It's. I think we've talked about this on Twitter. Where the my problem now with the NFL is they've turned it from a very special event, sixteen weekends, sixteen seventeen weekends out of the year, and they've taken it and tried to get greedy and make it a year round product. And during the week and month, I mean, I don't mind Monday night because Sunday, Monday, that's close enough. But when you sure. get into Thursdays and, you know, you start talking about, you know, we're going to go to 18 game seasons and all this junk. And it's like nonstop through, I mean, the spring and the summer and the draft and all this stuff. It's just I'm tired of hearing about it at this point. I'm tired of it. So that's why I've kind of just like tuned it out. We've not only talked about it on Twitter. We've talked about it on this podcast before. Oh, OK. The NFL and Thursday night football and how bad Oh, yeah. It is. Uh, yeah, we've probably... Yeah, I'm sure we have. I'm not known for my memory. <laughs> I'm not anymore either. And in fact, to pivot back to Jingle Fest, yes. Um, yes. I am very concerned that I'm not going to remember lyrics. That was, a, that was something I was worried you, you about You were concerned night. about that last year. Yeah, and I forgot a bunch of lyrics. No, and you we didn't. we had the, the nice... Oh, yeah, uh, yes, did. I did. Oh, I absolutely did. I, I forgot lyrics in... I believe 11 of 18 songs that I was on stage for. 
Uh, See, I thought it was more the including my forgot- own songs. <laughs> yeah, I thought it well, was not necessarily that. forgetting the lyrics, but it was more in terms of not being able to hear the song well enough no. to get the timing right to come in in different places. Oh no, no, that wasn't the problem. I could not remember okay. the lyrics. They were on, the, on screen the screen on the back wall. <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't locate them, dude. I've never been on a stage. Okay, that, that I've never that, been in front of people. I, ever. I give you that. Like when I say ever. I mean, ever. I gave one. I was, um, oh, what are they called? When you're in the the bridal Recital? wedding order. A toast? I had to give a toast, yeah. But I was in my friend. I was in the bridal section. So I was like a man of honor, I guess. What, what would that be called? Um, like a bridesmaid, but a man? Yes. That's a thing? A man's yeah. maid. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's no, no, not no, no, a no. man, though. No, uh, a bride's that's attendant, true. maybe. Whatever it is. Okay, so I a yeah. bridesman. Yes, a bridesman. <laughs> a bridesman. Okay, so I was a bridesman, and uh, the the maid of honor. Mm-hmm. She, for some reason, sort of disappeared in the middle of the reception. And so we we looked around for her whenever it was time to give the toast because the best man gave the toast to um, Damien, who's my friend's husband. And then it's now, you know, we were looking around for, God, I can't even remember her name. Clara? Kelly? Whatever her name is. doesn't matter. We don't know her name either. And let's just go with with Clara. Uh, So we're looking around. Where's Clara? Where's Clara? Nobody knows. So, you know, guess who's second in command? So I have to take the mic. And I don't have anything prepared, and I completely botched it. And actually, I had a really good story if I was prepared, because right. um, the the couple, my friend and her husband, um, there was a point in time where she she chased him for they worked together, and she was trying to get a relationship going for a long time, and they were like best friends, but he just wouldn't commit, and he was in a mm-hmm. band. And like everybody in the band well, was that's single. That's her first mistake, right there. Well, <laughs> yes and no. It's it's he's a really interesting dude, and he really yeah. liked her a lot, but he wouldn't commit because everybody in the band was single, including his brother. Yes. It was two sets of brothers, so he was just resisting being tied down. And um, it wasn't that he wanted to sleep with groupies or anything like that, or, or you know, it's just he just didn't want to be tied down, and he wanted to focus a- on music. Yeah, it's a time thing. It's a, I right. mean, it's when you're in a band, that's that's basically your relationship. That's your family sure. and your relationship when you're young and you're serious about it, if you're really trying to do something with it. I mean, people say, oh, it's dis- disagreements over songs or credits or whatever, blah, 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 or direction of the band. No, the number one killer of bands is wives and families. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that's that's the band is going to suffer and usually dissolve or go away or not be serious anymore once one or two of them get married and have you know kids that's that's just it that's it's because it takes time right well i mean they were all 20 at the time 20 yes. 21 something like that but they they were trying to commit to the music and so i forget exactly how this came about but at one point so she claimed she used to claim to be a lesbian and i was like dude you you seem to be attracted to enough men that you're not a lesbian I mean, I know that you like to carry around your, uh, what was that? What was that show in the 90s where there was a, like a princess warrior? Xena. Xena. 
Yeah. You know, she she dyed her hair Lucy black. Lowe. She carried around her Xena thing. Um, she wait a minute, Xena. They like the like the little sword or the ring that she had that she like boomeranged and threw at people. No, no, no. She she carried a little like a lunchbox as a purse. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, she, she meant no, like she can carry a, sword. a weapon. But she okay. was like, you know, she loves Xena, and uh-huh. she was. I forget exactly else, but there was like three or four things that that she did or she liked or she carried around or she thought were important that were sort of, I guess, LBG. How does it what are the initials? You know what I'm saying? TQ like, something, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And and she and I'm like, dude, you're, you're not a lesbian. Like and she's like, I don't like the term bisexual. I'm like, OK, well, what works for you? Because. Like, the last three people you've been attracted to have been men. You can't call yourself a lesbian. It just doesn't work like that. So we eventually settled on the um, label flexisexual. Which basically, Is that a real thing? Well, I don't know. We just, what, we, it, what we came up with that she was comfortable with. So yeah. basically, if she likes somebody, then if she becomes attracted to someone for whatever reason, she likes that person. It doesn't matter yeah. what their gender is. So... Why? Where were we going with that? Oh, so anyway, <laughs> where were we going with that? Right. What do you just, mean? Okay, I'm trying to find. I'm getting we're just back following to my story. along on this so, train. <laughs> so there was, there was something at a certain point. This had something to do with jingles. At I some said, point, no, no, we'll, we'll get there. So at a certain point, I, I said to her, um, <laughs> you I, know, you were talking about your. Speech. We made a bet. We made a bet. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. we'll get back there. We made a bet. At one point, and I forget exactly how it came about, but I said, if you end up having sex, no, I said, I bet you don't end up having sex with a man by the time you turn, and I don't know what the number was, 26, we, we picked some arbitrary age. Wait a minute. This was the story you were going to tell at yeah, her yeah, wedding? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we bet a dollar. <laughs> I'm glad that you weren't prepared then, because and, this would have been a disaster. No, this would have killed. So... She, uh, but she ended up, she ended up um, bringing him home. And in fact, it, our, the house that we lived in and were renting at the time, it was not very far from where I am right now. Um, I would say like maybe a three minute walk. And she ended up bringing him home and she did whatever she had to do and she earned that dollar. So the next morning... Which I was really happy for because she's been like that chasing is... this guy for. Well, actually, she usually wait. It was just a dollar. It was a dollar. It's just symbolic. Here's here's a sentence you do not want to have she said. Want, yeah, I know. To, about you at your wedding. She brought him home and did what she had to do to earn that dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, that would have come on. That would have killed. So uh, the next day, somebody would have died. She. Um, I went to work and then I came home and she was off and he had already left. And then she's like, you owe me a dollar. I was like, woohoo! So we were all, you know, in the house, we were all psyched for her because we lived with a, a friend of mine who actually lives in Portland now. Good friend of mine. And um, so anyway. Uh, Let's put she, this nesting she, doll back together here. Let's framed, get back to the window. I'm getting there. Hold on. Calm down. Okay. So <laughs> she framed that dollar and she put it up on her wall. And then, you know, they were still together. And I guess probably soon after... He came over again and he's like, what's that dollar on the wall? And she wouldn't tell him. And I'm, I don't know if she ever, she probably told him eventually. Um, well, he knows now. But, well. <laughs> he's not listening to he's this. He's not listening to this. 
Um, well, he might. <laughs> and then Ivan, yeah, uh, he could definitely identify himself. Um, I'll tell you, obviously. well, I would say so at this point. Yeah. The other thing is I've, I have recently discovered that people that I didn't think would ever listen to this have listened to this. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Other so, episodes. So, so I happens. ended up paying my friend to have sex. So I don't know if that's any form of prostitution because it was a bet. Well, she did frame the dollar like all new businesses do when they earn their first dollar. It's oh, so a working point, girl. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if she still has that dollar. Anyway, so I, I, <laughs> I briefly thought about that story when I grabbed the mic, but I didn't say it. But I had another good, call. good story, which was <laughs> good call. <laughs> <laughs> I, but she chased this guy down for years. And there, was, there were a lot of points where she could have given in. Um, that was be the story that I told, but I, I could have told that dollar story, I think, and probably got a lot of laughs. But anyway, so the point is that I grabbed the mic and I'm just like, oh, Damien's a really good person and blah, blah, blah. And I, I didn't, it was, it was, I was very uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. that was the first time I was in front of a bunch of people. And then the second time was last year at Jingle Fest. Oh, there okay. it is. And I saw the breadcrumbs. I could get back there. Yeah, we, we could. I, you could see You could see where we were going. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so um, I, yeah, I wasn't like I knew the lyrics were back there, but I couldn't. Now, if if I would have known how last year was going to go, I think I probably what I would have done is I would have worn sunglasses on stage for all the songs. And mm-hmm. then I probably would have just read lyrics off the back of the wall. Yes. I think that's what I would have done. Yes. Um, is that the plan for I, this year? Yes. Well, there's probably not going to be a but back wall. I don't, there's not going to be a back wall. So I don't, I don't even oh, know. Oh, okay. Good point. This is amazing. We got an email this morning and Jerry was like, okay, I need your set list. Hurry up. And I'm like, I just asked him three days ago what we're doing. Like, yes. <laughs> and now ASAP, we got to get yeah, don't 10 minutes of material in. I'm like, we're yeah. trying to do this, man. <laughs> Well, I think the screen from what he said, we're going to have a stage and then we're going to have the screen off like to the side. So we're going to be able to look at the screen. But that might be weird because if you don't kill the vibe of it, though, it's not going to be a concert, especially for rap songs. If you have a lot of lyrics coming up, you know, and here's the thing from performing a lot. If you have access to lyrics or words, if you have it on a piece of paper in front of you, if it's projected on a screen like in the back or on a TV or a monitor down below, if you have access to that, you will look at that. Even if you know the lyrics, you will still look at it. It's just this mental thing, this you know psychological thing that happens of where you will still, if you know they're there and you look at them once, you will continue to look at them. You won't be able to break away from it. That's right. That happens to everybody that I've ever Gonna talked to. Gonna break kind of away. No, oh my gosh. Please no. <laughs> Please Don't no. let this life get you down. That's pretty good. <laughs> So, so um, I'm very concerned about that. Very concerned about that. So it's so much. I would love so, to have something on the back wall. Yes. It's, yeah, that'd well, be nice. Or, or 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 at least out in front of us, maybe like on a TV, like in in the center section where right. we could yeah, see yeah. it aimed at us. So we're not turned around looking at a screen to the side. So yeah, like uh, a, there's ways or, to do that. So like hopefully. an Obama speech or something. Just you know, have yeah. it yeah. right in front of yeah. us. Yeah, we need the we need the invisible glass. The little yeah. you know, yeah. you know, you when you when you see like people speaking, you see there's like two little glass panels on the side. There's like barely there. Right. Um. That's where the words are projected. That's where it right, shows yeah. up. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm worried about that. Ah, it'll be fine. This crowd is going to be different from last year. I think. Yes. I think so. Now, with the last two minutes we have left here, Rob. Yes. 
What what do you <laughs> oh, okay. want to say about the jingles? You you said if they ask me what my favorite okay. jingles are, what am you I going to say? Yeah, because I feel like we just are starting to get warmed up. Yeah, I don't know how you guys story, feel. Like it's, that it's, story was pretty 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 yeah. stands on its own. <laughs> Let's, I mean, a really, ridiculous it's, story. It's, it's the only person that I've ever paid uh, to have sex with someone. So that's well, I mean, that's. I would that's, say most, that's probably a good thing. Most people probably yeah. don't have a similar type of story. Uh, nope. <laughs> um, okay. I do so, not. So, Jingle. So, well, not only that, but we have to do um, top five albums. So, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. You guys have given out top five albums. So, you, you have to add in. At this point, you're what? You're, you're 35th through 40 albums. Yeah, KJ's got about 85, and I'm um, probably in 50-something. Yeah. Um, so you guys can pitch in things that you haven't contributed before then, I guess, to participate. So Yeah, well, I'll just I'm, comment on what you say. I am a That's big Prince anyway. fan. So yes. uh, I hesitate to, like, I could have a top five that are just all Prince albums, but that's probably no fun. But when I came up with a top five, I ended up with 14 albums. So that's, and that's, <laughs> I've been told that that's cheating. I think yes. I think mm-hmm. Luke Pick suggested five. that yeah, five. Yeah, so Luke said I can't. I'm not allowed to have 14 albums. I'm, I'm wondering if I can have like nine though. No. Okay. <laughs> it's called top five for a reason. Um, okay, so I have to pick a Prince album. My favorite Prince album is Sign of the Times. That's um, a good choice. Yeah, and it's a double album, so that that allows me to sort of cheat a little bit. But so it counts for two then, right? No. So you have three left. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's one. When I I remember when I first got that album, I think it was like early April of 1987, and um, well, it was a cassette. But yes. uh, I brought it home. It's an hour and a half, and I know I listened to it four times the first day, and it was just one of those things where you get it home, you put it in the tape deck, you run it, you turn it over, you run it, you turn it over. I just sat in my room for like all night listening to this album. The next yep. day, I know I listened to it at least two or three times. And that's just so, sort of how the spring went. And then by the summer, I was only listening to it once a day, probably because we were running around playing baseball or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just such variety on the album. And my favorite track on it isn't one of the, the singles. And I would say probably my three favorite tracks weren't released. But just, I mean, The Cross is like almost a metal song. Housequake was a big club hit. Sign of the Times is just weird. Um, you yes. Got the Look is like a, a one four five pop hit. I mean, there were all kinds of styles on the album. It was just, it, it really blew me away. And not only that, but like um, Dream Factory is a bootleg album that was being assembled around the same time. And that has another eight tracks. There was some of the tracks on Sign of the Times were going to be on Dream Factory when it was pulled. And I think that's when he broke up with the revolution. Um, yes. Because a lot, of, uh, right. a lot of those were Wendy and Lisa songs. So yes. like Strange Relationship, they had a, the sitar was real high in the mix. Um, and that was the Wendy and Lisa influence. And then once he fired the revolution, he kept that song. He got rid of a lot of other ones that they were more prominently featured on. But he remixed some of the ones that they were on to sort of minimize. I mean, he was, look, I'm, I'm still really sad that he's gone, but he could be pretty petty at times. Um, oh, of course. So 
Yeah, but anyway, I don't think there's ever been a genius in any field that isn't petty about something. You're probably right. I mean, because you you because you are so far beyond what most other even people in your field are, you know, considered to be experts at. That it's just like whatever I'm doing what I want because I know better than you. Right. Although, like, there are artists that seem like Bruce Springsteen seems like a great guy. He seems like a, a more generous guy. Well, have you ever seen like Nils Lofgren or anybody talk about him about being an E Street band? They are about like, he's great, he's awesome, he's the boss. Oh no, it's no, it's no. his way no. or the highway, and you don't mess around. And oh, okay, is that how? That's okay. that's the impression I get from everybody I've seen that's in that band that's ever talked about him. I mean, and they all love him, and they you know he they're close with him but gotcha every okay. time anybody asked N- N- nils lofgren on twitter when they were doing this last tour you know are you guys gonna play blah 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 and his answer every time is it's up to the boss he's the boss well right yeah i mean it's bruce springsteen and the e street band it's prince yes. and the revolution i mean yes it's not just the revolution i wouldn't put too much distance between the way prince often treated people that you know were in his bands and the way springsteen did so he was just weird that's the difference yeah, and I think Bruce Springsteen is probably naturally more friendly. It seems like, and Prince is a little bit you know more right. out there, like you said. But well, he's always I, he was always very introverted. And uh, yes. look, I mean, let's face it he he probably died because he was short, and then he wore heels, and he got hip pain, and then he started taking pills because he didn't want to have a surgery. And I mean, yeah. it, it sounds like crazy to say, but he I'm sure he died early because he was five two and he was self conscious about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'll be honest, it's. It's difficult to be the leader of anything and be friends with the people that are in it. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. It's hard. Wait a KJ, minute. He died you, because he was fan? short? He died because he was Early short. Be- yes. Well, because what, what Rob is saying is because what, he, like all, he was so short. complex? Sort of. Oh, yeah. very much so. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was very self-conscious about being 5'2", and he wore heels. They just, um, the, what is it? The Minneapolis. Like platforms. There was a Minneapolis public art gallery or some kind of thing that had a display um, for his birth or for the, the one year anniversary of his death. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about collections that they had. And apparently they had a collection of hundreds of pairs of shoes. Uh-huh. Every single one of them were four inch heels. That that's all he wore. Wow. He he did. He never wore flats ever. Like if he was out in public, he had heels on. And so wearing nothing but heels and performing in heels and jumping in heels over thirty five years, forty yeah. years, he had he had really bad hip problems. But he wouldn't get a surgery. I think because he's a Jehovah's Witness, they have yes, something about yes, th- th- something about they're correct. not allowed to spill blood or i don't well it's a it's a some of them are really into you know it's you know modern medicine is is okay but not really it's sort of frowned upon in some some ways right so there are conflicting reports but more than half of the reports and stories that i heard um were that he did not get hip replacement surgery and he really needed it and so his way of dealing with it was painkillers Right, which is and, also outlawed by his religion. Yes. Right. But apparently he was observing one and mm-hmm. not the other. But maybe he, w- he was already addicted by that point. Yeah. But that when, he, when he converted to, Je- to being a Jehovah's Witness, because I think that was, 
Oh, I want to say that was the early 2000s, maybe, that he did that. I was going to say 2002 or three. That sounds right. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So what Larry, I think Larry Graham, the bassist, when he started playing Mm -hmm. in his band, like, I think he talked to him and and sort of helped convert him. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe at that point he was already addicted to opioids or whatever these things are. They have to be opioids, right? Yeah. It's some sort of, some sort of opium based painkiller. Right. Think about, think about that though. You're at this kingdom hall of Jehovah's Witnesses, this small, basically by all accounts, you know. Small church building, basically think about like an old Sunday school class, and you're meeting in there. Oh, I think they meet on Saturdays, and in walks Prince, and just wants to be part of the group. Yeah, well, he went. <laughs> he went door to door. I mean, he went whatever the yeah. Is he it would go. He would go witnessing. I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, and people pass would out just pamphlets. And yeah, and people, people would yeah. not. They would just treat him like he was normal. But they're like, oh my god, this Prince. Just like, you know, wouldn't you be like what? <laughs> well, it'd be hard not to say. What were you thinking when you wrote Little Red Corvette? Like, <laughs> is it really referred to a vagina? Is that what that is? That is that the metaphor? <laughs> he would shut that down immediately, though. I'm sure he would. And you wouldn't. You wouldn't say that to him. But anything that would direct attention at him and his career. Oh, and his definitely. Fame, yeah, he, that, he that's, would they, immediately. Turn they away said that. that's what he was like too. Um. So uh, KJ Prince fan, maybe you didn't. You know, you're a little bit younger than us. Oh, I was a Prince fan, but not till later. I mean, I wasn't as familiar with the earlier 80s stuff that he put out. When you're, how old are you? You're 30. No, she's a man. Yeah. Oh, you're 40 now. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay, I remember hearing that. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you would have, so, was what would be the first Prince song that you heard that you liked? Like, oh, where Purple you were Rain. aware of him? First and best. Even the, even as a little kid, I don't. I can't tell you the order of the Prince songs. I couldn't. If you if you told me this song, this song, this song, ask me, I wouldn't be able to tell you necessarily which one came first. So I don't know but that the, I can the, answer what is the first one. But you were aware of Purple Rain at the time. Yes, okay. absolutely. All right, so that was long. So I'm not, I'm going to try to truncate my other four then. Um, By the way, okay, so Jason the, might be right about geniuses, all geniuses being petty, but my stance is they don't have to be. That's exactly right. They yeah, shouldn't, I, I, they I don't agree. necessarily have to be. They can still, you know, take others' opinions and... Yes. Yeah, that's all I have but to say But it's that. It's the weight, it's the extra weight of, and this, I think this applies across most disciplines, most careers, most things that you can do in life. When you have the extra weight of knowledge that others around you don't have, it is both a blessing and a curse in a lot of ways. It is much harder to deal with other people if you are that much more intelligent or knowledgeable or better at a certain thing than they are because you don't, it's a perspective thing. You're not trying, you don't think of them as lesser people. You think of them as, oh, you don't already know how to do this because this is easy for me. And something right. when something is easy for you doesn't necessarily, and it's difficult to learn it. And that, that's the wisdom part of it that comes in where when you start to realize, oh, just because something is easy for me doesn't mean it's easy for everyone else. And if you, when you take that approach, then it doesn't have to be petty. But until you get to that point and some geniuses and some really smart people or really talented people never get to that point. Um, Cause I'll be honest with you. 
it's better to care about people than it is to be great at anything in particular. That's my point. Because that's going to get you. That's that's eventually going to benefit you more. Uh, but then you have this thing where some of the most you know influential people in in advancing society, which is actually good for all everybody, is because at some point in their life they had to be petty or they were petty. It's a good point. Um, they didn't have to be. So it's it's kind of a two sided thing. Of mm-hmm. it's like most things in life, it's a tricky line. But if you walk the line of balance, it's better than being on one side too far or the other. I think one of the problems uh, that would have affected Prince more than Bruce Springsteen or, you know, a lot of other musicians is mm-hmm. he he can play bass better, better than the bass player in his band. He yes. can play keyboards better than the keyboardist in his band. And yes. so but he has to be the lead singer and lead guitarist. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when you can do everything better and it doesn't matter who you hire it's going to be really difficult not to say, no, do it like, why don't you understand? Do it like this. Or, 100% absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay, number two album. <laughs> um, I love, do you, do you know who Duncan Sheik is? Either oh, yes. Is? I know Barely Breathing. That's okay, the one that's, I was about to bust out. That's, the, that's only, the only song by him I know. Well, that's because it was pretty much his only hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was a studio musician, right? Or... He songwriter was, he was in something? lisa loeb's band i believe oh, okay so That's they both went to brown i want to say and mm-hmm. he was in her band and then he struck out so she she hit the scene with stay on the mm-hmm. reality bites soundtrack really her only hit um hit. yeah it was our only big hit she had like a couple minor ones that were that charted like at like 60 or something on the alternative charts. but Yeah, that nobody who knows Lisa Loeb could even name. Oh, Do You Sleep. People would know that song, I think. But do you think anybody would come up with that title if you said, name a Lisa Loeb song? Yeah, but I don't have any of her albums, and I just did. Well, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. Shh, by the way, with her library. Let's just say glasses, 99. She was so cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, she, I'm, I don't, her vision looked like it was really bad. Like, you know, yeah. I saw her once without glasses. and like, oh, my God, is she blind? But, yeah. but, oh, I love that look. She was adorable. Oh, um, very much underrated. Very much underrated. Yeah. But, I mean, she was nice. I mean, it wasn't, there's nothing that would blow you away about her, her music. But um, I happen to like the song Snow Day a lot by her. Mm-hmm. But, again, that's not something anybody would know. No. So back to the number two album. So the number two album, Duncan Sheik. Love Duncan Sheik. Have most of his albums. Um, really? Oh, yeah. Um, what's, what's your favorite Duncan Sheik album? So I really love, um, Phantom Moon and I really love Whisper House. And if I had to pick one, <laughs> you could be making both of those up right now. Yeah. And I would have no I idea. Know, I know. I know. Um, that sounds like a bad album name generator. I, look, Phantom he's, Moon, he's, Whisper House. Uh, he, he co-wrote Phantom Moon with somebody else. I think Red Velvet. I think he wrote the music and somebody else wrote the lyrics. So it was a, a weird collaborative, uh, uh, but it works. And I, I love. Oh, so somebody else wrote the. It's, this is like an Elton John situation. No, that album was. Oh, just for that album. Yes. Whisper oh, okay. House, I think, is, is all him. I'm going to go with Whisper House because um, I like him because he's. I like listening to Duncan Sheik in the autumn when days are short. And I don't yeah, know. He's, he is very, you know, uh, pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> don't say things like that. That sounds no, derogatory. Very, 
No, I'm not. I know you liked it. That's why I said that. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, he, who do people compare him to? Who's that guy? Oh, Toad I can't. Sprocket? No, not Toad the Wet Sprocket. It's a, it's a singer songwriter and d- not David Gray. Um, uh, Drake, something Drake, some, no, not Drake, not Drake, but like somebody with a last name, Drake. I don't know. It's it's another melancholy singer songwriter. Um, Let me type in melancholy singer songwriters from the '90s and see what we get. Okay, but anyways, he's um, people compare him to to that guy, and he's like he's not great. He doesn't have great vocal range, but um, and maybe it's maybe it's because he's a Buddhist, um, and or maybe it's because like his voice is in my vocal range, so I can actually sing a lot of his work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like the, the vibe of it. So I'm going to go with, uh, as the number two, we're going to go with, uh, what was, I chose whisper house, right? Yes. Yes. Which I also believe, um, he is a musical. It's like the soundtrack to a musical that he wrote and he's wrote, he's written Hmm. three musicals now, I think. And one of them was actually a huge hit. Um, spring awakening. You hadn't heard of that. You probably hadn't heard that, but I think it was. No. It's, it still might be on Broadway. I think it was. It was a pretty big deal. All right, I'm going to start naming people that came up when I typed in artists similar to Duncan Sheik, and you tell me. Did you put Drake in? No. Edwin McCain. No. Toe the Wet Sprocket. No. Howie Day. No. Vertical Horizon. Lisa Loeb. Better than Ezra. Sean Mullins. Gin Blossoms. Pete Yorn. No. I don't see any kind of Drake. Okay, Sister maybe Hazel. he was from the '80s. Anyway, the uh, no, no, he did no, that. That's not where we were going with that. But that would be number two. Moving what about right the along. Guy, what about the guy that sings "I Am Beautiful" or um, "Beautiful"? He beautiful. He beautiful. Yeah. Christina Aguilera. Aguilar? No, that's, not, that's no. It's a man. Um, I know. I am beautiful. Blake. No Blake. James sing. Blake. Is that who you're thinking James of? James Blake. No. Drake. Drake. Okay. No, but you. Right. That, that rhymes though. That was a good pull. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good pull, James Blake. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Number three. Um, oh, I'm glad I didn't pull that one. Imogen Heap, speak for yourself. Do you know Imogen? Oh, Heap? that's a good one. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Who is it? Kirsten. Image and Heap. Imogen. Imogen Heap. Heap. That's a woman's name. Imogen. Okay, I don't think so. Have oh, you- you've heard her. I guarantee you, you've heard several of her songs. I know you've probably heard Hide and Seek. Yes, you have. That's the what you say, what you say with the vocal. What you say. Ooh, that you only made well. Well, of course you did. That. They, uh, it was sampled that, in a, a rap. Um, I know you have heard Imogene Heap because I sent you links to when we, the last time we talked about Imogene Heap and you listened to them. Oh, okay. Well, did I like them? I am 100% did I say I liked them? Yes, you said, oh, that song. I love that song. Uh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> there we go. Hide and Seek. Which hide and seek is a very you know misleading title for that song, which I I certainly approve of that kind of stuff. But you know yes, what you, you say do. is what people remember because yeah. what's his name uh, Jason Derulo stole it. Well, I mean he sampled paid it, right? for it, obviously, but sampled it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not really sampled, like lifted several measures, right? I'm sure. I'm sure he paid for that though. Oh, I'm sure he paid. I'm for sure it Imogene too, but I'm he saying, made money like off of that. A sample to me is if you use like. You know, like, and like I know you got Paul's soul. Boutique got, is a sample. Yes. Paul, is, that entire album is sampled. Yes. It's hundreds of samples. Um, yes. 
But when you just grab, like if you're, uh, you know, puffy or mm-hmm. uh, hammer and you're just <laughs> grabbing like large chunks and your entire <laughs> song is somebody else's track. Dude, you when you do Super Freak, basically, yeah. or you yeah. do, um, um, what's what's it? Puffy? What's the one? I'll be missing you. Think the the Beatrice. Oh yeah, yeah. the that's uh, every breath you take. Yeah. Beatrice. And then he, nice he job. also did. <laughs> no, that, was that was the that was first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> Sadly, that's now the first thing usually comes to my mind is the jingle version of whatever. Yes. Yeah, oh Beatrice. God, yeah, yeah. I was experiencing that yesterday in the restaurant. The reader of the mail is orange and is whatever. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so that's I'm up to three. I need two more yes. albums. Um, yes. So this is where we sort of divert and we say, if I was allowed to pick more Prince albums, I would have had Dirty Mind, 1999, Purple Rain, and probably Dream Factory, which is a bootleg. But mm-hmm. since I can only pick one Prince album, because it doesn't seem to make sense to do otherwise, that's why I went with Sign of the Times. That's my yeah. cheat code, how I can get extra albums in here. Yeah, you could yeah. say Prince albums as and that's one option. That's true. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, but some of those Prince albums, I mean, he put out 39. I mean, some yeah. of them aren't that great. Not all of them are home runs, yeah. No. So, some of them aren't even singles, to be honest. No. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He got hit by a pitch on a couple <laughs> of <those>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the head, maybe. Uh, um, so, so, what's number four? Okay, number four. This is tough, because I was thinking about... Um, There's another way I'm going to cheat and get some albums in here. I was thinking about Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul. Um, uh-huh. But I don't listen one. to that anymore. Like, I love no, it, and I still love the idea of it, but I don't listen. So, how do you guys... How have you handled those things where albums are really important to you and you still like them, but you don't really listen to them very much. Um, I don't know if I really listen to much of anything that I've named in my top yeah. five it's... or 50 anymore. It's how, how important it was to me at the time that I discovered it or that it came out okay. and mm-hmm. the impact it had on me at that time. And looking back, does it hold up? Yes. Okay. All right. So under those circumstances, Really, the um, only rules are don't name more than five albums, and we've already blown that out. So no, 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 no. Well, officially, Sign of the Times is number one. <laughs> okay. Whisper House is number two. Speak for Yourself is number three. Um, number four, Disintegration, The Cure. Now, uh, I would say there are probably four Cure albums that I love. And then mm-hmm. there are a bunch of their early ones where it's just like, I don't really listen to all these tracks. And so I'll just listen to, God, what was their, they had a hits package. That encapsulated the first 10 years of their career. Head on the Door, I think. is a, Yeah, Head on the Door, it was called. Which is great. It's like a 17-track album, and it's fantastic. But, you know, you Who would, would make an album with that many tracks. Who would? <clears throat> 17? I know. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean. That's crazy. That's, that's a, you know, in, 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 what am I trying to say? That's an indicator of insanity right there. Or narcissism. There you go. <laughs> Um, and, and not only that, but like songs that are just way longer than they need to be. I mean, yes, once you've course. made the point in your song, like get out. Yeah, it's Ramones. Get it three minutes and out. Yeah. Although. If you can't fit into three minutes, get out of here. Speaking get of in, disintegration. Get out, get on with it. There you go. Um, that yeah, I could refer to this podcast too. And probably once I start <laughs> talking, it's really hard to. But anyways, so have you since the, have you since the theme that anything that we are involved in kind of tends to run on? Yes. 
that's that's what I've noticed throughout my life. So anyway. disintegration. So w- one of the things that the cure is brilliant at is they they can have these two and a half minute introductions before they start singing, and somehow they keep it interesting. Now some people might be bored with it, but they'll be like, you know, you go a few measures and then you add one thing to it, and then they go like eight measures with that, and then they add another thing, and it builds and it builds. And it really seems to work for them because they've done that for a long time. Now, they don't put 16 of those tracks on an album. They put 12 of those tracks on an album. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, if you're an artist that wants to cram a lot of material, you might want to chop some of those things off. That's not a direct criticism of any specific artist that I might be on the phone with right now. No, no. no. Uh, Disintegration (laughs) is just fantastic. And I just now, in 2017, found out that there's a remastered version of it that they released in 2010. So you're a, you're a musician and a producer. Um, mm-hmm. What is remastering? What is it worth it for me to pay $10 to redownload this album? What am I going to get out of it? No, not unless you think the version you have sounds like crap. <clears throat> No, because they go back and literally remaster it. They take the tracks. Sometimes they have access to the multi tracks and they can go back and remix it. Usually they don't. They just have the stereo track before they put the mastering on there, which is just, you know, EQ effects, compression, whatever, however you're going to do it in order to make it pop in a certain setting. And the reason they remaster a lot of stuff is because 20 years ago or whenever it came out, uh, stuff was, yeah, stuff was mastered for a certain thing. Like that was probably mastered to sound good on a cassette and radio and maybe CD at that point. Um, but now in which, I mean, if it's going to be on the radio, they're going to compress the crap out of it. And now it may sound better to kind of let it breathe a little more. Um, and I mean, digital is close enough now that honestly, people who complain about the difference between digital, digital is not the quality of analog, which it's never going to be because it's, you know, on or off, but people that say they can actually hear that are few and far between. I think it's mostly mental to most people at this point. It's, you know, they're just inventing it in their head. Uh, if it sounds good to you right now, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Jason, it's, it's, he remastered about every single one of his tracks about three times, didn't you, before you released your yes, album? Yes, I did. Yeah. He yes, doesn't, I did. He doesn't I, need to release a remastered because it's already been done. <laughs> oh, I need, to release, I need to release a whole new re-recording. No, you do release. not. He pre-mastered it. Yes. Yes. He pre-mastered <laughs> it. Multiple times. So I will, I'll use this opportunity to say that I could name maybe one Cure song that I've heard in my entire life. What? what? I've never liked The Cure. How's mm-hmm. Your Thursday Show, as it's called? How's Your Thursday Show? Yeah, that's that was, the only one I know. I remember when that jingle got on, I was like, oh my God, a Cure song. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, and honestly, I that, I know probably, I've heard that jingle more than I've heard the actual, was it Friday I'm in Love is the yeah. name of the song? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, I've, I was turned off by The Cure in the 80s when, is it Robert Smith? Is that yes. his name? yeah. When he, when he, when the first time I saw him in a video with like the eyeliner and the black hair and, you know, he looked like he should be in a Tim Burton movie. Right, exactly. Edward um, Scissorhands. Yes, that was not my thing at all. And I had a very narrow mind of, I like rock music this and I like Guns metal music. This Roses. Yes, it's not Metallica. This is not even, you know, Prince or Michael Jackson. I mean, I mean, Prince Warm. And it's not the makeup. It was the, I was the opposite of emo. Right. <laughs> In the 80s as a kid, and they were the most emo thing that I knew. At oh, the time. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why. So I never, I never gave them a chance, and now it might be too late. KJ, 
you did the jingle. Are you a Cure fan, or is it just a song that you knew that you thought, oh, this works? Um, the latter. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm on an island here. Okay, it's not that I um, dislike no, the Cure. No. I just don't know them, and I knew Friday. I'm in love, but I don't know that I know. I don't know that I can tell you any other Cure songs. Okay, well, then you're. And not, I would say we're in the probably in the minority on that. You're not a what fan. Is a, you, what is what uh, is another song by them? Um, love song was a big hit. Okay, I love I love that song. Okay, that's off of Disintegration. Okay, so I don't, I don't I dislike the Fascination Cure. Street. Have you heard the song Fascination Street? I know they released it. I don't know. Okay, I've heard the title. I don't know if I've actually heard the song. It's only five minutes long. Okay. Now, the, the song Disintegration is, is nine minutes long, although I think it's awesome. Um, yeah. And there are other songs that are close to 10 minutes, although they don't feel like it, if that's any, if anybody's on the fence. Um, yeah, that's absolutely, that's, I mean, you can make a three-minute song that feels like an, inter- an eternity, and you can make a 20-minute song to me that, you know, feels like, oh, that was two or three minutes. That's now, just- all 12 songs on the album are probably going to make you feel depressed. So, like, if you like feeling like that, then The Cure is your band. Nope, I'm out. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, number five is actually uh, a friend of mine, um, Stuart Davis, oh, cool. who I'd mentioned to you before, I think. And Did you send me some of his... I sent you two like songs. Song or two? Yeah, I think yes. you and Luke, I sent um, mm-hmm. a couple tracks. And there are, I would say there's probably three or four albums of his that I could list. But I'm just going to go um, his self-titled album from 2001, just called Stuart Davis, and uh, in which he's naked on the cover, painted silver. And so we, everybody, all his fans just call it the Silver Album, or Silver. Mm-hmm. And that's not anything you're going to know, um, obviously, because that album probably sold 4,000 copies. But Yeah, it's still pretty good for That's good for independent. Well, I mean, it's weird because he, I mean, he's, he's a working musician. He has 15 albums. He's never had a job that wow. wasn't creative. So mm-hmm. he's been able to eke out a living, um, and which is good. I mean, if you can, but he, he's never gotten the break to get through to the next level and he's caught some breaks. Uh, but like, as an example, um, I don't know if you know the the movie producer Stephen Brill. Have you heard that name? He did the Mighty Ducks. I think that was probably um, his biggest hit. I I I couldn't tell you. No, I, obviously I've heard of Mighty Ducks, but I wouldn't have been able to name him if you gave me a hundred chances. Yeah, he's he's a producer. No. But anyways, um, he his out his movies are not good. <laughs> they're they're just not. <laughs> um, he did Walk of Shame. That was a recent one he did. That Elizabeth Banks was in it. And it's, I don't that it's bad. It's a bad movie. Anyways, Stewart has a cameo in that and he does the title track on the soundtrack. And it's like, oh, cool. He, he has a contact in the industry, but the contact is a terrible artist. You know, it's just like, <laughs> why couldn't he, why couldn't he have a big fan who was a really good artist? And then, yeah. you know, maybe that could get some traction. Wait a minute. And what's wrong with the Mighty Ducks? The Flying V. I think that was the only movie that he did that was decent. Emilio Estevez. There's, a, there's another movie he did called Drill Bit Taylor with Owen Wilson. Um, that I've heard of. Okay. Never seen. And another bad movie. Anyways. Yeah, that's these are these are like a B or C tier level uh, movie. C, I would say C. Okay. 
They're just they're 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 that's not, true because B movies are usually fun and know that they're ridiculous. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, so C level. Yeah, that makes sense. And these are not as fun and not as good. Yeah, they're, they're just they're movies that probably make back their money because the budget's so low and mm-hmm. you know it's on red box you know after like seven years they make back and they earn or maybe they earn overseas yeah. who knows but but they're they're movies that hornaday kills basically like this That's is basically why the guy gets to it. keep making movies is because he's making the money back and yeah not because they're great which is fair i mean you know yeah, it's a business totally. average is average is in the middle for a reason i mean it's average yeah <laughs> yeah if you're average at something you probably can make a living at it if you're average, you're at least better than 50% of the people, or you're at least the same as 50% of the people. Really? It, it, are you reliable? I'm sure, you know, he probably comes in under budget. He probably always delivers on time, um, and mm-hmm. they know they can count on him. And so they're like, yes. yeah, we'll give you $10 million to make this movie. Because yes, they, they know, know it's going to make probably 11 or $12 million. Yeah. Or, or maybe 15 to 20 Yeah. That um, makes sense. So that's five albums. And I think that was pre- and uh, honorable mention to it takes a nation of millions to hold us back by public. Enemy. Yes, I agree with that one. Uh, Follow I'll, the leader like, is my favorite Eric B and Rakim album, but it's not as consistent throughout the whole thing. So I can't put I agree. that up there. I think I like Fear of a Black Planet better for really? public enemy albums because that was the first one I heard. Oh, OK. Oh, I remember I mean, when it, Nation it's hard of to overcome came that. out. I had. Yeah. So I had uh, uh, KJ. Um, yes. Is this stuff too early for you? Public what, Enemy? Public Enemy? No. Yeah. No, I know some public, public Enemy stuff. Um, probably late 80s, early 90s or not? Yeah, yeah, late 80s. Okay. I think 88 is Nation of Millions. Um, Yo yep. Bum Rush, the show was 87, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, in my neighborhood, I had... Uh, it, was, it was really mostly Lily White. But I had four black friends. There were two families, uh, Sean and Damon Sanford and Craig and Terry Thompson. Um, and Craig and Terry had two younger brothers, but we didn't hang out with them. Anyways, Craig, who himself was uh, a rapper in the area and a DJ and really good. Like he had a nice voice, um, but it just he never got anywhere. He's, he sort of sounded like Chuck D. But he would always get stuff early. He would hear about it first. And so, like, before the Beastie Boys blew up, he was listening to them. That's where I found out about EPMD. That's where I found out about Mm -hmm. LL. That's when I found out about, because it was just, what's Craig listening to? And, like, a few days after he would find out about somebody, he'd be walking through the neighborhood with his boombox playing it. And I'd be like, Craig, what's that? And he's like, oh, this is a new album by LL. Like, you got to check oh, cool. it out. And so um, all my, me and all my nerd friends uh, who had no access to, like, stuff that was coming out like that. I mean, at the point, at that point, we're all listening to pop music, mostly. Um, mm-hmm. I listened, actually, that's not true. I listened to the R&B station in town, mostly. Um, in fact, so you listen to so KJ when you were younger what what kind of music we already know that Jason was really into like rock what we would call rock not really metal um but like did you listen to everything or like what did your mom listen to what well my mom listens listened and still listens to classical music so oh, really? I I didn't I wasn't a big fan of classical but when I was traveling with my dad it was a lot of country so I'm, yep. I know a lot of country music 
uh, the old country stuff. When I was growing up, yeah, pretty much listened to everything. I did my alternative phase of Pearl Jam and Alanis Morissette, which both both albums I put on my top five or top nineteen. Um, some rap, some rap. Um, not deep, deep into rap. Like I never really loved the Beastie Boys, but I knew their hits. I pretty much knew everyone's hits except for Run DMC. I I, I listened to them a little more than anybody else. Um, I listened to Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, pretty much everything. Okay. Whatever was 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 playing in those days. I listened to the. This is the weird thing. I listened to the pop station in um, Pittsburgh, which was B ninety four, and it was just it was straight like top forty. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would also play like when Prince was really popular, they would play his B sides. That was really kind of as um, out there as they would get. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. so and that that is from the time I was like little. Um, I remember that because that's what my mom listened to. But my mom loved Motown. I mean, she loved Motown, and she mostly listened to R and B. She really liked disco, and so we would listen to what she listened to. And I would say, except for Rebel Yell, I don't think I bought any. I don't think I bought a cassette of any white artist until the nineties. Like wow, everything I, I like Gap Band, Daz Band, Prince, Michael Jackson, Cool and the Gang, um, some rap, but I I mostly bought black artists, and which is weird because I liked some pop songs, but I I guess there was a this is kind of a strange thing to say for a young person, but I didn't trust that the whole album would be good, so mm-hmm. I might buy a single. You remember cause singles? Yes, I hated those things. Yeah, I hated the singles. Them too. No, I yeah, don't exactly. remember that. I, yes. I knew that that was, was like a reaction single. I was going to get from KJ. Yeah. They actually weren't around very long because CDs uh, just sort of because they sucked. They did <laughs> suck. They it just wasn't worth it. Um, so what was it? A cassette tape with one song on it? It generally, yeah, one, one two, two songs because there would be a B side, yeah. and occasionally yeah, it, it would be like an EP or, or, or a yeah. Was it? Is it an EP. Is that an EP? Like a four yeah. track? Yeah, four or five. Like a demo? Four, five, six. Yeah. Anything less than five or six is usually EP. Sometimes and how much did those like things cost? Were they they were cheaper, obviously, than, an, uh, was than like, a full full album. It cost basically a fourth to a half the cost of the actual album. Yeah, that sounds right. I probably had you're talking about cassette was $15. It was like five bucks. Seven dollars, something like that. You might get a remix, so that's the the one thing. Like, when, I remember when I bought yeah, the Hot true. Thing single, and it had the Hot Thing like seven minute remix, and you didn't get that on mm-hmm. the Sign of the Times album, right? You get stuff that that was you know left off of the album at times, which is the reason why they wanted you to buy the album and then buy the yeah like, a single that came out after it. Was it was kind of was, a scam. Even at that point, I was like, "This is ridiculous." As a kid, I was like, I'm not, "What? What are you talking about?" I only bought Prince singles, and that's because I wanted like every variation of a track that i could get and well i'll tell you well, not what that, but the b-side his b-sides were amazing yeah i would i would listen to the radio and i would time it to where i would record songs off the radio onto cassette and that's that's how i yes got all my music. oh sure i did Absolutely. that yeah. i spent many many weekends doing that as a kid um so that's my top five that's pretty good yeah i i can say that i've heard most of those <laughs> And Not by most, Stuart. you mean two? 
<laughs> you don't know anything about Duncan Sheik. You know the Imogen Heap no. album. You don't know who Stewart is, and you <laughs> never no. listen to The Cure. How well, could you make I've that heard, statement? I've heard at least one song from all of those artists. That's actually technically true. That's true. Yes. That's not, you know, not necessarily on those albums, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I do... That's okay. pretty good. So, so that's the top five albums. Now, mm-hmm. Pivot, Mount Rushmore Jingles. If I had to go with Mount Rushmore Jingles, I would say... Now, this would be... Because you guys have talked about, um, you know, people's favorite stuff that everybody's done. And I'd like to include everybody. Because I think everybody has probably two songs that could be under consideration. Um, At least one. I would say the, the major jinglers all probably have a couple that I would consider. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, and then other people that have only done, like if, if people that have only done like 10 songs or even 20 songs, maybe they only have one that I would consider for the top just because of, you know, eventually if you do 100 of these things, like accidentally, I know from personal experience, accidentally some turn <laughs> you out get good. one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Um, Dairy Queen is definitely on that list. No doubt about it. It's probably my favorite jingle. Um, And I'd also put Mr. Avocado on that top four. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, when you guys think about your favorite jingles, do you, what are the criteria that you use? Like, is it just the ones you like the best? Or do you take um, the original song and how it's been adapted or chosen, lyrics? Like, or is it just straight like, this is what I like? Like a, a very subjective perspective. Mine is very shallow in that it's, I remember the first time I heard it and if it, you know, what kind of pop did it make to me? Did I really laugh at it or did I just go, oh, that was cool? Or, you know, what was the, what did I feel about it when I first heard it, basically? Okay, gotcha. KJ. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's maybe a mixture, but pretty much just subjective. Do I like this song? Do I like, you know, if I like the original song, I'm I might be more in fa- more inclined to say I like the jingle too more than a song that I might not have heard. But I don't know; it's hard to say because it's. I think the Mount Rushmore changes depending on mood sometimes too. That's a good point. Okay, this is it's impossible. I mean, it, it really. It's I mean, absolutely we just dumb impossible. Bracket thing, just yep. impossible. Here's just, why: because I tend to not dismiss but discount things that are like uh redskin jingles it's just like well this is something that was put together for this week next week there'll be another one it's just about a game but lost to the giants again is one of my favorite jingles and i sing it all the time mm-hmm. so that's why i'm like i would put if, if we're just going by what do i like the best what do i sing around the house what would i put on just like a regular playlist i would put that on my my mount rushmore Mm-hmm. shout out way, to john fitzpatrick john fitzpatrick yes. but he already knows that i love this like i have an arrest i'm sure i like this jingle much more than he likes it like i this would be a creepy fan yes, situation yes. stalker situation john, if you, you didn't actually when personally you wrote, know him yeah. the yeah. giants you know went to town sacking archie three what was what was going through your yeah. um so oh something to, oh i i just had uh, a, a tangent in my head how did Brad's skin milk jingle not make Steve's bracket? Do you remember that song about the skin? Uh, the 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 yes. Don't you think that should have been in the turnaround bracket? I think everything should have been in the turn- tournament at some point. That's it's, that's a good. It's impossible. It, I will not discuss brackets. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. KJ really, she has hard lines on a number of topics. <laughs> She's abstaining. I don't like um, labels and I don't like ranking things. Hierarchies. I don't like competition. I get it. Big well, competition, oh, I do. competition. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Just depends on what we're competing. Anyway, um, go ahead. Well, well, it becomes an uneven playing field because it is, impo- it's everyone, it's, everybody's got their own thing that they bring and everybody is, you know, decent at everything, but in really great or, you know, really good at a few things. And then you, the songs about different topics and different areas and different genres. It'd be like saying, I'm going to pick the five best or the four best songs in the history of music. Well, that's, that, that. yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's, that's why literally you have, what we're doing. That's why you have a difficulty, Rob, in narrowing down your top five albums. That's why I chose 19. You can't that's do it. Point. Impossible. It, again, still, Brad called that jingle Eleanor Rigby. I think if he had good titles, like he would get, he would have more traction. Yeah, we talked about this. Like Eleanor Rigby. Okay, I know that's <laughs> Brad the song shoot his own use, self in the foot. But, but what does, yeah. So, um, so number four. I couldn't come up with a fourth one. I have like a 25-way tie for fourth. Yeah, it's too hard. I just... So, screw it. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> that's why we just say name some of your favorites. That's yeah. true. Um, I, uh, that, and that's where I tend to like... I, I want to list one by everybody. That, yeah. That's sort that's, of the, That's a good way to... Like, Reader of the Mail was... by Joe. I love that one. It just yeah. happened to come on. Um, mm-hmm. The the skin milk one is disgusting and as repulsive as the story is, and that jingle literally made me nauseated at the yes. time. It's so damn catchy. Um, Brad, he makes me want to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bruce and Bagels is I, I think that Bruce and Bagels uh, jingle is great. Obviously, mm-hmm. Dairy Queen is the one you wrote. Um, Mr. Avocado, I love Welcome to the Mailbag and the Old Man They Call Satchmo by Steve. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Elsewhere Around the NHL by Sean. That one, I just thought, yeah, the first time I heard one. it, I was like, this guy's really good at jingles. He's going to be on mm-hmm. the air a lot. Um, I can't think of any more jinglers. Am I, I'm, I'm missing somebody, I'm sure. Nice Winger. Patrick. Oh, Nice Winger. I love that, that one, uh, Live in the Suburbs. Love that yes. jingle. Mm-hmm. He crushed that one. Um, mm-hmm. Patrick, I mean, you know, I think Cajun is just, that, that has a special place in my heart. Really, number four probably should yes. be Cajun. Um, I, I can go with that one. Yeah, definitely. So, and I, I it's, a, it's a situation of, yeah, what you said about, um, wanting to name one by everybody is because the regular people is because what I said before about the fact that everybody brings something a little bit different, a little bit different flavor or, you know, focused in a little bit different area than, you know, or taking a different perspective. And that's, what's important to me in all of this. So that's why I think it's good to name one from that's or true. multiple from every single person. And speaking of, of a different thing. angle, our friend Luke Overby, who does not sing, um, lose your wealth. I thought lose your wealth. He crushed yes. lose your wealth. Yeah. I'm still partial to Tony get crackers. Cause that's the first one I heard by him that <laughs> cracked me up. And honestly, it's his. <laughs> I think it's his wife on it, isn't it? Yes, I think so. That is the funniest part to me. Yeah. Oh, Jess, I was just thinking about that time. last night about performing. Yeah. Like, if we're doing five minute sets, I'm going to have to wear a dress throughout. Like, I thought we we're going to do one song at a time. Yeah, you're wearing a dress for a while. I, I might so tune in for that. For, yeah. So why are you wearing a dress? It just, it, um, it's a promise he made. I was trying to get when I visited Luke and Jess in South Carolina. She loves Tony. She loves him. I was like, this is going to be the last jingle event. You have to come. She's like, I can't make it. I've got an event. I have something on Friday that I have to do. 
Like, why can't you come Mm -hmm. up Saturday? And so in the course of begging and pleading with her, and I don't know how it even came out about like wearing costumes, but I said, I will wear literally whatever you want me to, as long as it doesn't show skin. Okay. And 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 I said, do you want to put me in a dress? Because we were talking about her daughter was wearing a costume and it was a dress for Halloween or something like that. And she's like, would Is you she wear that? Pay you a I was dollar? like, I will. No. <laughs> Come on, man. So it's called a callback. So I can't I know, wait I know. for that. That's how you get in and out. So and and there's a a butterfly costume. I think I might have to wear. <laughs> like what was it unicorn butterfly silver unicorn butterfly or something like that oh nice yeah her daughter's she's, she's adorable she, I, I miss her actually and, and i don't even like so kids. so luke's wife is going to be there right yeah jess is jess so is he needs we need to do tony's got crackers and she needs to do get up there and do the parts oh she my did. God. the intro and then the you know me so hungry okay we're, oh, she that, is gonna, hilarious. she is coming she's definitely coming yes. yeah oh cool that which that's why i'm wearing the dress Okay, all and, right. And on that note, this is going to be interesting. It will be interesting. <laughs> this is going to be good. That's the whole, it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be interesting. No, it'll be good, too. It'll be fun. It might be good. No, it's, it's going to be good. We may be terrible. Oh, okay. It's going to be good. Yeah, as the an event, event. People will have yes. fun, and they're probably yes, going to have to be drunk. Yeah. So as long as the first half of the show is good, the people won't remember the second half. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, I yes. like the way you so think there. stock it up front. Don't, yes. don't leave front the load. best stuff for the end. You know, front load and not necessarily the best songs at the beginning, but what you think you're going to perform the best. Put that at the front and then leave what you may be like, ah, I'm kind of shaky on this one thing. Put that towards the end and they're not going to remember it anyway. That's a good point. I'm if I'm one of the few sober people in the room. Yes, I will. It'll be me and you probably. <laughs> <laughs> KJ, well, are you going to be me, dry? More than likely, I will be. Yes. Okay. So you're going to get hammered after the show when you guys party? <laughs> Probably not. But, you know, we can say that, yes. Because I'm going to party okay. all night long. Screw you eight hours of sleep. We're staying in the same place. So, I mean, you don't have to, like, take a... You don't have to figure out how to get home. I mean, <laughs> exactly. we could we're just, at home. We could just carry you upstairs if you really want to let it go. Yeah. Well, maybe. You never know. We'll have to see okay. how it plays out. Speaking of Tangent is brought to you by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse, hosted by Jason Fuse and KJ Onstead, created by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse, music written and performed by Jason Fuse, lyrics and vocals by KJ Onstead and Jason Fuse, edited by Jason Fuse, scheduling coordinator is KJ Onstead, special consultant for guest acquisitions is KJ Onstead. And speaking of guests, we want to say thank you, Robert Bird, for coming on with us today. You can find Rob on Twitter at R3T2. And speaking of Twitter, you can contact us on Twitter or Facebook at SpeakTangents. You can email us at speakingoftangentspodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a note at speakingoftangents.com, where incidentally you can find all of the links to all that contact info I just mentioned on that website, speakingoftangents.com. And hey, if you listen to us through iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us a review. Oh, and one more thing. Due to a recent Twitter overload, if you'd like to razz KJ about the Beetlejuice thing, feel free to send that feedback to our Snapchat, Snapchat, Snapchat account. Graphics by Jason Fuse. I love snow peas. And I love you.